just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really, people, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, you. Stephanie, you just cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. show with the kings of pro wrestling podcast i am justin here with meals and we another crazy week right I, it just literally blows up every single time before we start recording you buy a window aren't you yeah i'm, I'm i i record next to the patio okay all right listen yeah. i guess if the weather permits you know what i'm saying yeah, i mean um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice day outside i gotta i gotta it's a nice day outside I would love the podcast outside one day. I mean, that's a dream, but audio-wise, it's a nightmare, apparently, um, because nature is louder than we all think, <laughs> and mics are very good at picking up any sense of nature. Oh, wait, you can hear everything going on right now? I can I can hear the car zooming past by. That's cool. That's, that's, that's ambiance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, nonetheless... Um, <laughs> You're here. I guess it's another week. What episode is this? One thirty-nine. One thirty-nine. Oh, almost at one fifty. We, we should be nearing one fifty around September. I believe. Uh, I don't know what we're doing for one fifty. Don't even ask. No, we're not gonna do anything. Uh, we've we've no. hit the fifty. We've hit the one hundred. Now we do two hundred. Now, yeah. Now we're just coasting, right? Yeah. Of yeah. course. The pressure's off. We, um, yeah. There's no more. <laughs> remember, remember that week, that month, when we were trying to do show fifty. Double back. Well, I wasn't. I was oh, barely yeah, on there. the show. <laughs> yeah, you weren't there. That was one of the Coochie has gone back to his split. <laughs> yeah, that was, I was barely there, so that was always fun. Um, with that said, you know what I'm trying to do? Not say um so much on podcasts anymore. I realized that I actually edit out quite a bit of ums on podcasts. So I'm trying not to say ums anymore, but it's just to me. To move from one conversation to another so it's just so i would love i mean you know what you don't have to do this i'm not gonna edit you're, out your ums no no one no <laughs> one ever edits out my ums i'm the psychopath who edits out my ums i also edit out other people's ums so you know you never know uh <laughs> uh yeah um <laughs> there you so go you just hit two right there I'll, I'll let you kill uh, yourself with that Hit the counter, hit the counter for me, and and count how many ums I do in this podcast because it's going to be quite a bit of it, considering how much we have to actually talk about on this episode. Actually, quite a bit happened this week. It's kind of strange. <laughs> Where do we begin? I guess we begin with uh, Friday. Yeah, let's begin with Friday. Well, all right. So Friday news or Friday SmackDown? What are we? Are Friday we doing? news. I I think. <sighs> Well, we weren't going to cover SmackDown anyway because it was a go-home. 
So, well, SmackDown had it, it had a couple moments. Yeah, oh well, yeah, we have to go. talk about we, we have to talk about SmackDown. I'm I'm bugging out. You're right. We do have to talk about SmackDown. You have to I, talk about. I, I mean, we cannot miss the urine. Uh, <laughs> all the all the shenanigans that happened on SmackDown, and I think it actually yeah. probably uh, sets up for Raw pretty nicely, actually. But yeah, I mean, there was big news on Friday that we were all floored. Were you taken? I was I was taken back by it. I thought. And the news that we're speaking about is uh, that Paul Heyman, it was announced, first it was announced by a pro wrestling sheet and then WWE.com. Paul Heyman has now, I guess, been relieved of duties as the executive director of Monday Night Raw. And all duties will be transferred over to Bruce Prichard, who will consolidate both the Raw and SmackDown team for once as they use streamline process, Mm -hmm. whereas Paul Heyman will now focus on his duties as an on-air talent. There's yeah. so much. I think I think both of you, you and I, have been in the corporate world long enough to read between the lines of a bit of jargon that they use. <laughs> yes, this this was this was a demotion. Let's yeah. Let's let's just be clear. This this was a demotion, and. Uh, you know, it sucks for for Paul, but I think. Whereas you were taken aback when I saw it, I was, I was bummed, but then I said, you know what? A shoe had to fall somewhere with these raw ratings and mm. started to put it together. Like, let's be real. Like we did enjoy raw for a majority of the time, but it did feel like it was on a treadmill. It did feel like we were seeing the same thing every single week. And there were th- certain things where like that had literally no payoff. Like, could you tell me what the Alistair, Ray, that thing was going to end up in because there was nothing for Alistair there, or the Liv Morgan push that they've not that they stopped. Well, Liv Morgan push. I mean, I think you can transfer writers and it still will be the same thing. To be honest with you, <laughs> but um, I think just in general, the overall what I liked personally about Paul Heyman's Raws, and maybe it was because amplified with the crowds and all this other stuff. Over the last, I would say, how long has it been? Oh my God, it's been over a year. Is it been? It's almost a year. I would say almost a year since they've done this. Since we mm-hmm. had the big Paul Heyman, Eric Bischoff announcement, and then Bischoff was ousted. Quite. It know. was a year. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's been about a year. I think what a, what we've enjoyed a lot more about Paul Heyman's Raw is it's kind of rewards you for watching Monday Night Raw instead of gearing towards a pay-per-view or angling towards a pay-per-view so often there'd be times you'd get an Andrade versus Rey Mysterio ladder match Monday Night Raw you'd get a a great series between Aleister Black and 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 Buddy Murphy I mean that you know culminated to a pay-per-view but also the rematch ended on Raw so a lot of times you would be which is what you kind of want from a Monday Night show but I would agree that over the last number of months considering all the changes that they've been and you know I I can't even fault him. You lose Becky Lynch. That's a major part of Raw. Mm-hmm. That's probably the the ace for Monday Night Raw, quite frankly. I mean, if you, you compare you, Roman... Go it, ahead. And yeah, you're right. And I was going to say, in, in addition to that, you lose Becky, but then you have to not only push a brand new champion in Drew McIntyre that has never even sniffed that title before, yeah. then it becomes a lot more difficult. And, and you know... I'm not saying that Paul didn't have his his work cut out for him. He absolutely did on Raw. But there is no time, like, especially now, there really isn't a, a way to gauge who's sticking and who's not. 
And I feel right. like with SmackDown, but I but I feel like that's not his fault though. I mean, no, I, don't no, even think I put that in the I put that in the bucket of that not being his fault. Like that's not okay. that's not his fault at all. That's still in the bucket. But I also think on the other end, Paul did certain things that were we might have enjoyed Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and stuff like that taking a long time to go. And I think you even had a little bit of issues with it before Mania, where it was like, okay, just get to it. He did that yeah. with everything. And I think yeah. that was a detriment to the show as well. No, I agree. I agree. A lot of it, as you said, felt like kind of running on a treadmill. Kind of felt like, okay, we're doing this. Where are we going? Really, where are we going with this? Like, really, where are we going with this? The whole Shayna Baszler thing. Where are we leading with this? I mean, again, a victim of circumstance, Becky Lynch is gone. Um, even the Aleister Black thing. Where are we going with this? What's kind of his trajectory? He, he wasn't, a, he wasn't on Raw. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he wasn't on Raw this week, so, I mean, we kind of get that. But I think ultimately the bigger purpose, what they're gearing towards now is obviously Seth versus Ray, which doesn't really need Alistair at this point anymore. But it didn't lead up to a pay-per-view match between Alistair and Seth. I don't know if that's Paul's fault, but it's certainly a misstep, I would say. Um, I think um, – And what? go ahead. No, and also giving it away uh, – Various times on Monday Night Raw through various different circumstances. Yes, you know. giving away really big matches on giving away the Seth Alistair finish with Alistair but, beating Seth on a throwaway Raw is kind of egregious right. to me. But I again, there's part of me that likes that. There's part of me. Oh, I'll be. We're building to this match. This kind of match that's happening. I don't know if it's happening for the first time, but it's obviously a monumental kind of face-off for the amount of weeks that they've been building it up. Um, but one, yeah, once again, the kickoff to start a raw and then kind of have this match and kind of get there, end it there. You know, it's interesting. I think we could do a lot of critiquing from here in terms of what could have went wrong, what could have went wrong. But I think ultimately the circumstances because before COVID I could say I could honestly say I didn't really feel any of these feelings that I felt yeah. I thought Raw was going in a great fresh direction Brock Lesnar was there uh Becky Lynch was there I mean Charlotte Flair Asuka everyone's kind of rolling on a very you know great on you know amazing cylinders and then I kind of things regarding covid and it kind of pushes everything back suddenly you have your flagship show monday night raw and no one kind of really wants to watch it and there's a lot of circumstances behind why no one want to watch raw i think still a major part of it is that it's very long <laughs> uh but you know I, mean, I would say probably when you when you when you compare what Bruce did, and I think ultimately that's what we're doing. We're compared to kind of what as Bruce has done with Friday Night SmackDown and what, uh, you know, Paul Heyman has done with Monday Night Raw. It's clear who kind of the stars are on SmackDown, right? Yeah, and I, I think that's the biggest thing. I think there was a quote from uh, Sean Ross Sapp's report of this where it was kind of like, you know, they're pushing the the, the catering guys basically or something like that, like. There was, there was, you know, that that's absolutely true. Like, there was a bunch of people there that, like, you got Angel Garza and people like that that I feel as though would, would have benefited a lot from, like, being pushed in front of a crowd, obviously. But, yeah. you know, when you turn on Raw, you're going to see a bunch of people you don't know. And I think that is, that is like, essentially 
the big deal there. And, I, and that's why I think Raw looked the way that it did on Monday, right? With the amount of people that were on that show and why it got such a good rating because they put established people on that show. They built up to a, a hot end of the three hour segment that actually like did really good numbers and was a really good segment, but it also mixed in the new guy. Like I'm, I gotta say, like even before we review it, I really liked Raw this week. And I thought it was definitely a breath of fresh air. And but I also noticed that Raw was similarly paced like SmackDown was. I think well, yeah, there's a lot. I, I think with terms of SmackDown, there's a lot going on because you have to fit a lot in a two-hour show. I think what's the difference between I think Bruce's visions more clearly, and this could be because of decades of working with Vince McMahon, kind of align more to the vision that Vince McMahon actually sees for superstars. You were you see an Otis. And legitimately someone who six months ago was kind of like really a nobody and kind of building him into a star and kind of and even though the crowd isn't there, you kind of know like, oh, wow, all eyes are on him. And you kind of built him successfully to the point. He's money in the bank holder. He's a he's got the girl. He's had a major storyline. He's kind of come out the other side in a much bigger spot than he did when he went in. Whereas if you compare him to kind of, let's say, Alistair, because I think Alistair is kind of the benchmark of who we can see as someone who should be in a role that's kind of like, it honestly could be in a role that's similar to to Otis on SmackDown in terms of just the building up the next guy and having him be a prominent figure on the show. Uh, you don't see that because he's, you know, he's constantly in this like this flux of feuds with with uh, Buddy Murphy, Seth Rollins, all these other people, et cetera, et cetera. And he's in this, and it's like this weird flux that kind of doesn't have a trajectory. I mean, or, or the trajectory is a very long-term step away. Yeah. So I think when you look at Bruce Pritchard and when you look at Paul Heyman, it's always been that way. I mean, Paul Heyman's vision has always been new talent. We need new faces. We need something edgier. We need something to capitalize so be, on a lot of Be people. clear, though. Be clear. Pritchard's vision is essentially Vince's vision anyway. Like, yeah, that, that yeah, 100%. That's what Vince wants to see. And Paul's, I, I gotta be honest here. Like Paul's creative, like you see us always, uh, you see us always referencing like Tommy dreamer. He's pushing him like Tommy dreamer. He's pushing him like this person. It's, it's literally, he's done the same thing creatively forever. He's going to give you the risque sex, sex angle. He's going to give you the down on his luck baby face that always loses until he wins the big one. He's always going to do those angles. And he did it again here. And I think to the detriment of certain people, like I think Lashley, for sure. Rusev, for damn sure. I think it, it definitely hurt Kevin Owens a little bit where he has to yeah. be nabbed. I mean, and, yeah. I mean, he won on Monday. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, like, did you, did you notice that like Ross seemed like it was like, okay, everything you saw for the past couple months, forget about that. <laughs> this is what's going I, on now. I wouldn't say that, but I would say that it highlighted. I would say he continue. He's continuing to take kind of what Paul Heyman actually did, and he's kind of, in terms of what happened on Monday Night Raw. I think we're the pace is going. There's there's a lot more direction to a lot of things. There's a lot more pace to a lot of things. There's a, there, it seems like it's running in a in a direction. We can see we're not doing the entire weeks of building now for will they, won't they, are they going to break up for Andrade and, 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 uh, and Angel Garza. It's something that's like, okay, now we see it. 
and now it's in peril. So let's put that in our mind and let's see where it goes from here. Will they manage? Will they be incredibly fragile or will they sort of stand the test of time? And it isn't this kind of like, okay, will they, won't they? Will they, won't they? I think a lot of with Paul Heyman's Raw, and this is not a slight to Paul Heyman's Raw. I still like Paul Heyman's Raw. I still like Paul Heyman's writing. I think he's a great breath of fresh air when you consider the last 20 years of WWE and you look at an entire decade to me, like I would say from when Paul Heyman stopped writing for Friday Night Smackdown to kind of maybe a couple years ago, you don't I don't remember anything of true significance outside of maybe punk and something else. You don't it's kind of it's falling in this trend. So what I always appreciate about his writing is that he kind of presented things in a different manner. Um, unfortunately, I guess it's I would for how it's surmised of how this kind of went down, it was all based on I would say it's based on numbers. And then maybe it was a Paul thing too. Maybe Paul didn't want to do it anymore. Quite yeah. honestly. Yeah. I, I looked at it <clears throat> sorry, no, but I looked at it as well and I was like, maybe he just doesn't want to either, because it's kind of a you hear if you listen to something Russell podcast, like Bruce Pritchard's still doing that podcast, right? But he's yeah. unable to even he's unable to even schedule times to do the actual show. Like all the shows have been coming out a little bit late thus far. They've been coming out mistimed, a lot of different things. And he's saying on the podcast, like, yeah, I had a 9.30 p.m. meeting with Vince McMahon and he finally called me at 11.30 p.m. So it's like, it's a lifestyle as well that some people, I mean, I'm sure Paul Heyman himself, he's probably like, you know what, that's cool. I can he's he's perfectly fine with being a talent because he's perfectly he's experienced the WWE monster several times before. And this was probably this might have been his best outing, quite honestly. I don't know if he was yelled at or had it when as much odds with people like Stephanie McMahon like he had to before. But this is probably his best outing. And I can honestly say this is going to continue. It's I just think. I think Bruce Pritchard has a lot more staying power than probably a Paul Heyman or Eric Bischoff will. But I think it's it's always going to change. A writer's always going to change. This is not something that's static. It's always going to change, and it's always going to change frequently. Yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I, I I think, again, there, there were a lot of factors that led into this. There's a lot of speculation. Uh, I mean, there's there's speculation even coming out that, like, about AJ Styles not being able to handle it on Raw. And, and I think that Raw was kind of handled, again, inmates running the asylum, it looked like. like it's And that's the way, like, Paul runs his shit. And I feel like for him to have had to run this prolonged for the, the A show, essentially, for, for Vince is is crazy. But there ain't no way that you're going to walk into a, a, a office or a meeting and, and with Vince McMahon and say, okay, Raw is doing worse than SmackDown. It's just, he's just not going to let that happen very long. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that, that show is going to get – that Raw is going to keep stacking the guests until they get back to a 2.1, 2.2. And, that's, and they're not going to stop until they get back to that number. So I would expect July through SummerSlam to be literally slammed. Like I, I think there's certain people, and we'll talk about it later, they're going to be reoccurring on the show for the next couple of weeks, regardless of whatever, anything that's going down. Um, another thing that happened over the weekend that we found out rather is Edge injured. He tore his tricep uh, during Ooh. the filming during the filming of the greatest wrestling match ever, which we'll talk about at length in just a couple seconds. Um, 
once again happened during the taping that would have meant that it happened two weeks ago during in your house so they kept it or during the or during the day that in your house was 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 uh was aired live they they filmed that beforehand so i guess they kept the secret for about two weeks which means and it makes sense that wwe when they announced it finally they said he got the surgery so i was like oh okay yeah of course he got the surgery it's been two weeks <laughs> since it happened yeah. but um yeah. yeah he's not scheduled to be back for the rest of 2020 uh wish him the best of luck but damn how does he come right back and go right back to his, his old habits it's a it's a sh- i mean i'm in edge head of course so i would think you know after a number of years off i guess hopefully you would hope that you would have been in the same situation as kind of left and you kind of can excuse it for a sense because for the last when he was in WWE for his run of maybe like 15 16 years or so I mean it's constant ladder matches constant tables matches you build up this wear and tear and things just start tearing a lot easier as they start wearing um this was kind of the same thing I think and 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 it's weird because it's kind of a freak accident but it's always well, kind of a freak accident with well, that. <laughs> well allegedly allegedly it happened actually during a reshoot a reshot of one of the angles cuz of course the match was and I think a, a big reason why the match was so good is that it was heavily edited. And there was like, if you notice, there's literally no downtime in that match at all. Uh, yeah. it's, it, it's almost like they're working like 22, 28-year-old dudes in, in the ring. But they, they, he allegedly heard it on a, um, on a reshoot. And you can see it. I guess the reshoot must have been the finish. But um, he allegedly heard it there. And people said that during the, uh, the final part uh, after the match ends, you can see his tricep actually, it's purple. And I haven't gone back and watched it yet, but uh, it, it does seem as though like you can see it uh, after the match ends. But again, what a what a what a way to come back. He's just again, just like we're all gonna have to do a mulligan and try it again next year. So is Edge, and you know we, we got the moment at Royal Rumble. Now we can just kind of get them rolling on something else. But I think that they're gonna go right back to this, right? They're gonna go back to Orton Edge yeah. three, right? Yeah, I think so. You know what? I think it's probably. I wouldn't say an injury comes at the best time, but honestly, for a situation where the entire storyline was built of Woody, could he, can he, and then he goes to the kind of limit and he proves himself that he can a bit and then kind of gets his entire fire just kind of, I don't know, stomped out, uh, for lack of a better term, maybe kicked out, I don't know. But he gets his fire completely stomped out and now he has to kind of go back and kind of revisit and kind of build his confidence again. I think that's the story you kind of tell with this entire thing. Yeah. It, it could, yeah. it, if he had won, it would probably been a terrible time for him to reveal that his, <laughs> his tricep had been torn. <laughs> I, think it fact, I think it might've made it better, but I think that like, I mean, maybe, and, and I'm, I'm tinfoil hatting, maybe they changed the finish to him losing because he knew he was injured. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Now I, I always feel like maybe he was always supposed to win. I don't know. You know, honestly, beyond the injury takes, I think it was a fantastic match. I think yeah. it was much better than either of us had anticipated. I always felt like Edge can have a great match, but then to be Randy Orton, he he kind of goes when he's really motivated. Yeah, you don't re- you don't really see a lot of like cla- they're they're quite a bit few of you know classic Randy Orton matches, but they're always few and far between. 
I mean, there's one from 2004, and then maybe the next one is from like 2009, like, and then maybe the next one's like 2014, or something along those lines. Like they they happen quite a far between one another. But when he's motivated, man, he can go. And those two guys tore it down, and you would have thought it was a Tokyo Dome. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they definitely, and, and I like that it it kind of followed themes throughout the decades uh it, it started off slow with a bunch of rust holds you had your spots you had your stealing finisher spots from the 90s you had your kicking out finisher spots from the from the current decades and that's what kind of ends the match which which is perfect there um i know a lot of people were upset at randy orton's comments towards champa and nxt and i i yeah. think yeah yeah and i i just think that you know it uh it was overblown. I, I, I think that he was. I think for one, Randy was preparing us for what was going to happen in this match, but I also think that it was it was a way to like. I, I I don't like how it divided the two shows. They're like largely the same. I think that if you if you look at any John Cena match in 2018, he was kicking out of mat finishers on those matches too. So I, I yeah. can't say it's just NXT, and he was he was slapping the knee too. So I don't know, like or slapping the thigh rather. He was you know that's not an exclusive thing to Champion Gargano, but. Um, you know, essentially, it might as well be. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, but again, um, people like people are using these comments to like act like they never had good matches, and that's just like, come on. Like, yeah, they got a little bit over overdone in 2018, two years after they were having classics and stuff. But don't use these. I, I just I feel like it's, it's whack. Uh, recent recency bias just because you don't mm-hmm. like them now, and I hate that happens on social media. Like, just because you don't like them now, they've never done anything good in the trash. And I think yeah. people get caught up with that with Gargano. People get caught up with that with with Kenny Omega, the Bucks, everyone. And I, and I think that we we gotta like use use these comments in a in a vacuum. Orton's just talking about storytelling, and in the matches they're talking about there, there's a lot of storytelling. And I really enjoyed that there were so many callbacks and, and and finishers that you hadn't seen in years. Like Edge busted out so many moves. I hate the anti Venom. Also, let's just be clear, that is a whack finish. I hated it. Yeah. At Mania. I hated it at Mania. I hate it more here. It's it's totally silent. I, I looks like they're hugging. I don't really. I yeah, can't tell not, what's happening. Edge and submissions have never really been that good. He kind of just wings it. I, I I I'm not a fan of the move either. Cool name, but not a fan of the move, particularly myself. Uh, I think it's one of those moves that are obviously like okay, we're not really trying to bump crazy. Like I'm not really trying to hit people with spears that often. Uh, my shoulder may <laughs> pop out at any moment so and, and it did or his, his arm yeah. did. <laughs> but let's try to come up with a creative way it's similar to chris jericho with the judas effect like i'm not really trying to be taking all these back bumps for the rest of my life to hit this code breaker let's try for a spinning back elbow um but i just think you know it's a they did really, really good, and in, in in terms of the Tommaso Ciampa sort of thing, yeah, I think it's a, it's more so based on storytelling than it is like, oh, you're a good wrestler, oh, you're not a good wrestler, and I think they tell these stories. I think Randy Orton and I listened to him on the Corey Graves podcast over the weekend, actually before he, the he goes out of his way to say Champ is good on the on the interview. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I think overall he's like, but you got to be able to kind of. It's just a difference of wrestling philosophies. And I think one is a much more newer, fresher one that believes that this audience is, uh, you know, can't appreciate or need these type of spectacles to be able to do this. And that's one philosophy. But another philosophy is, listen, slow it down, tell the story and you'll 
bring them there. You'll bring them along the ride instead of having to force feed them a whole bunch of stuff. Now, it's it, it just kind of depends on the philosophy, and a lot of it is separated by age, quite frankly, because – yeah, it's just it's just an age thing. It's really it really just is. And it's something that maybe the 38 plus crowd in WWE won't understand. But everyone under, well, I don't even know how old Tommaso Ciampa is, probably like 30 something too. But it's like, you know, I think it's just a difference of wrestling philosophies based on the show that you're on. And yeah, so they killed it. I, I, yeah, I think this they is. Killed it. I think this is one of my favorite matches of the year. Let's just get this out the way because we also got to talk about AJ Bryan later. And we got one more thing to talk about, and this is actually like a big thing. Um, there was someone who tested positive for COVID. Yes. <laughs> WWE's wilding. But what I thought they were wilding. Then it came out later today or earlier today that they actually they were wilding. Be clear. No one should be running right now. Let's just be clear. We, we Meals and I yeah. have had conversations uh, with with our boys about NBA, should they be running or not, and the problems they're having, you know, WWE generally has gone off without a hitch, and, and that that's in, in a lot of ways. In NAW, they've gone off without a hitch. In some ways, that's cool. In other ways, we knew that this was going to happen. Let's just not put the rose-colored glasses on. Um, allegedly, one of the, uh, reportedly, sorry, one of the uh, PC students there got it on June the 9th. So that would have been, uh, what did I say, like right after in your house or, or, or during that time that in your house was, yeah, was being? Yeah, it's, it's, it's around the in your house date, yeah. Um, and so th- they had tapings scheduled for today, or, or actually they had it for today, but it was supposed to be Monday and Tuesday, and they were going to do the, the whole week of shows. Um, they've canceled today so everyone could get. And then today's Tuesday. They canceled today so that everyone can get tested in, hope, in hopes that they can do Wednesday, in which they, I believe they had, and I'm not looking at it right now, they had NXT and SmackDown scheduled for today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They would mm-hmm. do, I think, they two NXTs. And correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure people are screaming right now. Um, but this would affect literally the whole week of shows that they can't do it. They'd, it would be clip shows that they would have to be yeah. doing here. They, or or they have to do a, a, a rerun of, of backstage. <laughs> don't mind the drag racer in the background. Uh, don't trust me. They they do that all the all the time out here. So essentially, we knew that this was going to happen. But what the question was was that there was a rumor that came out that was reported that they were the people they had fans there this week, and I think we, that I buried the lead even more. They had actual fans there, selected fans to join the show, and it was a rumor that they weren't told. They were told not to wear the masks. Now, it came out from uh, a journalist. What's the guy's name? Let me find it real quick. He, he did a lot of the stuff when WWE was being considered uh, essential. John Alba. And he reported that uh, the fans said that they were never pressured to, by WWE to not wear a mask for TV purposes for any other reason. And they confirmed that they were temperature, there were temperature checks and they signed waivers as well. One uh, group of fans noted that they were in a group that had masks on them, but they chose not to wear them when uh, the taping started. I looked up the rules for Florida right now. Apparently, masks are not required. They're uh, they're strongly suggested to wear them, but they're not required. So right there is a the problem. The state of Florida is fucked, and it's allowing yeah. it's allowing <laughs> more fucked up companies like WWE uh, and to a lesser extent maybe AEW as well to do their thing down there completely unchecked because they're they they're following the rules, and people can get they're gonna get mad, and, they, and we have all the right to be mad. But everyone here is fucked up. This is terrible. This is absolutely terrible. Yeah. Like, this is a real thing. And to even have those fans there, I saw the Street Profits on Raw going in the fans yesterday. And I was like, 
this isn't this is terrible. Do not do this. This is a bad idea. But but when you take it out of the, the vacuum there, it's like, but they're not gonna get in trouble other than not doing the tapings because it's completely legal to do that right now in Florida. Right. Right. No, I agree. And I think just in general, with everything that's kind of going on, I think it's incredibly irresponsible of WWE not to have employed some sort of testing, some actual like legible testing at this point i think it's completely irresponsible by them and they should take it a lot more seriously and i don't know if they want to do testing quite frequently like every week or something but at least you do it on a periodical basis i mean you do the wellness testing which i don't know has been if it's been suspended or not i don't know but you do the wellness you you do that you employ that testing for the health and safety of your performers every so often so they either performing and they don't you know do something crazy or they don't have anything crazy or something along those lines you do that it's more important with this covid testing everybody and the and the thing is florida and what they're doing and how do you compare that with what the nba nba is planning to do nba is doing the bubble nba is like no you're not leaving for three months wwe (laughs) can never do that wwe will never do that wwe will never say for three months we're taping shows completely you will not be able to go. It's too. It's less of a controlled environment, and now it opens to the idea of, okay, you're going to go home, you're going to go meet with your family, maybe they work here, maybe they work there, maybe you're going to the beach, maybe you're going this. Everything's kind of open. It presents a much more... It, from the bigger picture, WWE should have seen it and be like, oh, we need to be a lot more stringent with the things that we do if we want to continue doing this on a weekly basis. And, and be clear, it's hard. It's very hard. And it's going to be hard for the NBA, too, to keep these people locked down. Like, I know they do the hotel yeah. thing for people that, that fly in and, and that don't live in Orlando. But it's very hard yeah, for people. Sweet, to- by the way. <laughs> oh, oh. It's very hard to keep these people down. Like people, someone's gonna break the rules. And I'm not saying the PC student did that. I'm not saying that like he contracted. Like we don't know if he contracted it from anyone inside the, the building. But this is just yeah. the nature of like. Are there How dogs? Florida's run? Yes. <laughs> are there dogs? There's like there dogs like fighting outside. <laughs> I have no clue. Anyway, but like it's it's so tough to get them to do the right thing. No one's gonna do the right thing because no one's been doing the right thing since this this pandemic started. And that's the problem. And yes, we absolutely need to hold them accountable. They, we need to because yeah. they're 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 fucking up right now. Yeah, they one hundred percent are fucking up. We don't have an update here, but I'm sure that if it does get canceled or something bigger happens, I I wouldn't mind hopping on and doing an emergency pod because two things could happen here or three things could happen. No one no one else had it, but that guy, and that would mean that he probably got it from somewhere else, which goes into what I just said that they weren't following the rules of when they went home right. or uh, a lot of people have it and they, a couple of people will be off the shows and they'll have to cancel right. Wednesday and Friday or well, they'll listen, shut everything down. <laughs> which I feel like it's more than likely to be honest with you, as much as Vince McMahon doesn't want to do that, as much as he'll probably say, all right, those of you who tested positive, you're here. All those of you tested positive, see you in two weeks. Like <laughs> as much as I think that he probably wants to do that. I mean, you have one person, I mean, you're at least you're testing everybody at the same time. So you kind of get an idea of like, but even if one person is, it, it could affect so many different people. It could affect so many different storylines. It affects the money. This is something that that's why I'm like very hard on sort of WWE for not doing the right thing in the situation because you put a lot at risk. And for what? And, the, and, and, up, we, and we, hold them more, we hold them more accountable because they got the money to do so. So like, 
Yeah. Like, we know, like, 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 be clear. We know both these companies not tested. We know this. <laughs> we know this for a fact. Well, AEW says, the AEW says that they're completing tests and they actually have wristbands on their hands to complete those who've had COVID tests and then those who've had temperature tests. This is Cat. just what I hear. I don't know. Cat. This is just what I hear. I can't, I'm, I can only report the things that are told to us. Both of these from companies, AEW. both of these companies is cap. Cause they, cause Triple H was talking about some goddamn magic spray the other month. And these <laughs> niggas talking about some fucking armbands, wristbands. It's fucking cap. Let's just be for real. They both bullshitting with people's lives. They no one wants to see through that because they either got a hate boner for one company or a hate boner for the other one. Let's just join together for once and be like, y'all need to chill the fuck out. Is is, is Roman Reigns the Kyrie Irving of the WWE? Oh hell no. Nah. <laughs> Is Sami Zayn Zayn the Kyrie Irving? Yeah, Sami Zayn is. Come on, let's be clear. Uh, But no, it's a it. it, Well, sorry, just to kind of like close things off on this. I think I definitely think it's a situation that everyone. This is be a situation you you don't really get tests for a certain amount of time. So it's like twenty. 24 to 48 hours, maybe even longer than that. So by the time that they get the results of the test, it'll probably be the day to take SmackDown. Uh, so I don't think we'll have an NXT this week, to be honest with you. I, if there's an NXT this week, I would be sh- color me shocked. Color me be, it, would, it would be live. And I think they just taped the, the next episode the next day. It would probably be I live. Would, if they're able to get the results immediately, expedite that, they go meals. meals. They gonna cap the results. Let's be. Let's stop acting like we we moving. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, <laughs> They're I'm not saying. moving on the same wavelength. Same. They they I'm going. These are the same people that had a had a dude to piss hot, <laughs> keep the title for thirty days. They can kayfabe any test they want. They I think they're gonna kayfabe it here because remember the last I the last the last positive the test we found out about the last positive test we found out about we didn't hear about till like days later. It's he, too risky to kayfabe a test. It's too risky. COVID is not the thing you kayfabe. It's not something that you kayfabe. It's not something that's like, okay, we're going to bullshit it and we're going to send people out who may still, who may have been infected by it. It's not something you kayfabe. They sh- if they plan on doing it, they shouldn't do this. And I would look down on them heavily for not having the interest of their performers in mind while doing this. That's what I would say. But I would hope they wouldn't kayfabe it. That's what I hope. If there's a if there's an NXT this week, I'm assuming that there's been testing and they've got results, and who's ever showing up on the show has been tested as well. That's all I'm saying. Fuck them both. Uh, let's talk about backlash <laughs> real quick. Um, okay. Real quick, oh, real quick. Though. Show. Okay. No, 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 no. It's not gonna be a long show. There's only like one more thing to talk about on that show. You were talking about Taker. Um, you, you... Yeah, let's talk about Taker. Let's talk about Taker because I don't I don't want to talk about backlash. I think I'm I'm done with that time period. <laughs> Uh yeah, no nah, backlash didn't have a lot on it. I mean, it was it's if I could summarize, show. yeah, if I could summarize backlash in one sentence, it's a two match show. And shout out to Drew McIntyre and MVP for delivering, and shout out to Randy Orton and Edge for delivering. <laughs> oh, sorry, Bobby, Bobby Lashley. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was reading. I read too fast on the Wikipedia page. Um, good for those for delivering. Everybody else. <laughs> I'll see you at Extreme Rules. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Um, but, yeah, I mean, let's move to the Taker Dock. The Taker Dock is Undertaker chasing the dragon. <laughs> wasn't as big a fan of this episode as I was the first three. Not going to lie to you. Uh, because it's monotonous to this point. 
yeah, retire it, already. It, it's almost like uh, the Jordan. I took I took that personal, and it's when it's Taker, like I need to be out there. That's his. I took I took this personal, and uh, this pretty much takes you from the Goldberg match all the way up to I'm guessing Boneyard, uh, or the beginning of the beginnings of the rumblings of the Boneyard the in this episode. It, yeah, it's the the rumblings of the Boneyard. I think we started. This match started after the terrible Saudi Arabia show. <laughs> yeah. It went through Goldberg, that other terrible match. Goes through the, the great match at Extreme Rules. But you remember that? I mean, a, a, a sleeper of a banger. And then, yeah, we're leading up now to what's happening in 2020. But this match, this I mean, this episode to me, I agree with you and probably not enjoying it in the way. I think kind of the luster of like finding out about Undertaker has kind of worn off just because when you see he's kind of like a dork. But I'm trying to remember what happened. I'm going to be honest with you. So he so they opened up. They opened up a lot. Remember, they opened with a bunch of old footage of like Undertaker kind of does, you know, anything that he's kind of. Oh, yeah, I, I did like that. I do like the Undertaker vignettes and and pre-tapes that oh, they you showed didn't like it in mj you didn't like it mj traveling through time to 1985 and then back to 19 whoa 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 this is way different because this followed a narrative throughout I'm just like, busting your you, balls, you know last dance had no narrative until like the last episode um i i liked the footage of him like doing it and saying okay i want to do that again and stuff like that and and him talking about okay I, I'm, I'm remembering now he talks about why he didn't he didn't kayfabe for so long and it talks about how he became an instagram influencer that's what i thought was funny that was the most right that was the most interesting part of the episode when he when he talked about like hey this is why i became this is why i was shouting out bad bunny yeah on, on instagram no. i like that no go ahead and I think the strongest part to me was, well, you know what I didn't like was that like no one really held Goldberg accountable for anything, and they kind of glossed over it. And I think probably because the relationship there is still good. Yeah. But I think like if this was a relationship that was bad or had soured, this would be a different accounting of that of that match. You didn't even get to hear anyone else's opinion on it. Well, I think they covered it in a. I, I, I want to say there's a Goldberg special like a day of or something along those lines or there's something that actually covers that match. It doesn't again, they don't go into the deep, you know, all of it of like yo Goldberg really fucked up this match. He talks about being fucked up after the match. He's like, yo, my back. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, damn, <laughs> I know that hurt. And we all knew it hurt. And you could see the real look on his face. I mean, we've memed uh, here. Go to fireworks. Be in the hood. Um, but. You, we memed it and we talked about it. And when we actually talked about this match, we were like, man, they really, you could see the skeleton of a really good match happening between those both. And it was kind of unfortunate that Goldberg got knocked out halfway through the match, got his head bloodied open and didn't know what the hell was kind of going on all after the fact. Yeah. So it's kind of unfortunate that sort of happened. And you could see the disappointment in Undertaker's face because he he signed on for this match. I'm sure someone like maybe a Bret Hart told him, don't do that match, bro. <laughs> he go fuck you up. Uh, I'm sure someone or, or someone along those lines, he did the match. It's well after I think he would approve for the idea of the match because it's, it's 20 years later. Like neither Goldberg or Undertaker or the the people that they were at their prime in this match probably would have been at its peak and probably would have been at its finest. Yeah, but I'm... Uh, he, takes, nah, he takes the match, but then at the end of the day, he takes the match because he does whatever he wants for Vince at the end of the day. And I think that's a story 
I think that's a major hindrance to actually the learning a lot of things about this, that he pretty much bends over backwards for Vince McMahon. Even as much as at Mania, going home the night before Mania, flying from L.A., or fr- sorry, flying from New York, all the way to Texas to pick I up think, his gear. I think I heard that story, and I think he took the private jet. I, th- I just think they didn't say I mean, that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he took the pri- – I mean, he ain't booking a flight. Like, he ain't, out, yeah. <laughs> he ain't wearing it in terminal. Um, Shit, sure I'd love to take a jet. Like, yeah, <laughs> but still, the the – they ain't tell Christian go home and find his damn clothes. I'll tell you that. That's <laughs> because he's garbage. Anyway. <laughs> but, you know, and I think that's a lot of hindrance on his career is that his relationship with Vince McMahon. And it's worked out the best for him, don't get me wrong, and their friends and all this other stuff. But his willingness to do anything for Vince McMahon has put him in a lot of situations that's hurt, that you can arguably say it's hurt his career in the latter years of this. Um, and one of them is the Goldberg thing. Yeah. Now. He, he he bounces back with the Roman Reigns thing, and I think that's pretty dope. I thought that match. But, but I thought that it was funny that after that Roman Reigns tag match with with Shane McMahon uh, and Drew McIntyre, that he said that he was done. And I thought that was crazy because even Vin, I think we all said the same thing Vince did. I was like, you don't look done. He, look, he looked like the most. <laughs> and it, okay, maybe Vince saying that had a little bit different of a connotation than we did when we said it because, of course, we right. didn't know what well, was Vince, going on. Vince was like... Eh, eh. I mean, Undertaker was like, yo, we can talk about this later, but, you know, I think that I'm thinking, he was like, I'm ready to take whatever lead that you want. And he genuinely looked on, yeah. And I thought that if that was the moment, but then it's not the moment. And one thing I do like, and I, and I think we'll see that, and I guess this is the last episode coming up next weekend, but mm-hmm. um, the AJ thing has been, the, the seeds have been planted throughout the years. And if this is just, well, it can't be coincidental, right? Like, if, they, if this is just, like, a, a, a nice coincidence, then I think that that's a cool way to, to wrap up on this story. But I would love to see or hear what's next for him after this because there was something that was alluded to with AJ earlier in, in like, last month in May uh, when, he, when he watched The Undertaker documentary first episode. And then right. it, was never, it was never brought up again. So I, I would love to see where they're going with that. I think they're trying to wait for people to come back in the audience to have an actual proper match so he can go away he's not trying to go away on a uh, in in the covid era like he's just not trying to kind of end his career there that's what i'm assuming is happening so maybe they're kind of stalling their time but yeah yeah, we'll see what happens there's you know they they're bonding over dr pepper i'll never think of dr pepper the same again quite honestly i I also love the uh taker really getting along with all the younger guys that warmed my heart too even though he's a probably a racist, yeah. but uh, yeah, you know him and the Miz, you know mob ties. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> probably because they both used to be racist or, or, or no. I'm chill. I'm chill. Um, <laughs> speaking of AJ, AJ and Brian from um, from SmackDown, five commercial breaks, forty six minutes. Really great, really great match. I think in terms of what I like more, I probably like the Edge Orton a little bit better because there was no commercial breaks. Yeah, but AJ and Brian they can do no wrong. I it, it's up there with the remember the title the the title match they had on SmackDown when Brian turned yeah, before Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah, that was it was up there with that to me. I thought it was it was spectacular match. To me, this is one of the best matches in SmackDown history. I said it on Twitter. I'll say it again. This is one of this was an elite match that they they did everything with the tournament right. The two people who have this match the history behind it they said a lot of history behind the intercontinental championship they really it, the only thing that was missing was that this wasn't the main event of the goddamn show but mm-hmm. 
it, they did, and what was the main event was crappy. <laughs> um, yeah. But w- they did so much with this actual match, and we talked about, you know, we talked a little bit about, like, why wasn't this on Backlash? Like, it should have been on Backlash, but then you kind of realize, like, you can't have the greatest match ever <laughs> in history between Edge and Orton if you have AJ and Daniel Bryan out here <laughs> having these five-star bangers on the show. I think probably my only critique of the match is I thought the finish came... Finish was a little bit dry to me. Yeah, That's I, I, I about it. I am. Um, it was a little wet. It was a little wet. You know, what I'm, I'm, saying? I'm out on the. I'm really out on the phenomenal forearm in general. He could have just finished him with this with the Styles Clash, and I would. I think we all would have been fine with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I think I'm. I'm really just out on the phenomenal forearm. If it's not like a surprise, like I like when they do the phenomenal forearm, and it's a, it's a, like a flash, like surprise move. It comes out of nowhere. But mm-hmm. as far as like giving the Styles Clash, kicking out, and then doing the phenomenal forum it just ended flat for me I, I, and i think it ended flat where i loved an edge and orton when he ended it with a move that he hasn't done in 10 years you know like I, th- I thought that was that was just a better better way to, to utilize that finish um nothing else on smackdown i don't think that was like super Jeff threw p and sheamus's face and then he lost on sunday so there you go uh bray wyatt He's bray wyatt pissed will off be back. and pissed on yeah. bray, bray wyatt, wyatt will, will be back, be back. and, on, and on matt riddle is will be <laughs> pending all <laughs> pending if, if we Friday actually listen, happen. <laughs> listen, listen, we're gonna have we're gonna have a goddamn smack now. We're gonna have a smack. I'm sure Vince McMahon will come out like, right, yeah, <laughs> even if it's on out. 2K, even if it's on 2K Universe mode, we're gonna have a smack now. We'll have a smack now. There you go. Um, Raw, the Bruce Pritchard joint, the first Raw in the post Heyman <laughs> era. I, I again. I, I know you said it earlier that it wasn't like a oh, rewrite. Of, I, it, it, I know you said earlier that this wasn't like a whatever you saw last week. Forget about it. But just think about what we got here. They finally did the divorce with Angle with Lana and Bobby. There's really fireworks out there. There's. I mean, the hood. Where will we at? Where is June sixteenth? What, what is <laughs> wrong with y'all? Up, y'all don't have fireworks just randomly going off in y'all area. Not at five o'clock. It's five o'clock here. Oh, it's eight p. It's nine p.m. here. <laughs> oh, um, so we had the the divorce angle that's finally happening. That was prolonged for nearly a year. We have the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits finally going to have the match next week. Let's uh, let's talk about that for a second. Quick thing. <laughs> let's stop and let's talk for a second because on Backlash we skipped a very important thing. I mean, they added the tag team title match to Backlash. We were supposed to have it. Then we got the, like Bad Boys Four. Uh, and then we got Rush Hour 7 or 4 or whatever. The, Has anyone said, that was, racist? Has anyone said that was racist yet, the, the Tozawa stuff? I thought it was a little more I'm, racist on Monday than it was on Sunday. But I don't, I'm not, I I don't, have, the, I don't have the right to call anything involving Asian-Americans more racist than a black person. So like, I just felt like it was racist. Maybe Asian-Americans can. I felt like it was racist. And to be honest with you, I'm going to hold you. It's not, I feel like. Again, we're in this time where we're kind of trying to go past and you see Kofi Kingston and, and, and Big E taking the knee down on SmackDown, which was an amazing moment, I think. But we have this moment where we're trying to get past these like racial stereotypes. You have many Asian-Americans who are currently champions in WWE or fighting for championships right now. And you kind of do this kung fu thing where he's like he's martial arts. He's like wearing the kung- And don't get me wrong. Akira Tozawa is great at his job. He's, he's, he's into it. He's fully into that shit, too. 
yeah. He was like, what, TV time? And I get ninjas? What? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, I, I think but, it's fun. And I, I wanted to say, like, damn, they, they move so far with Asian, or not with Asian, but with black characters, but they move, like, literally nowhere with Asians. But I was like, nah, they don't do that to Asuka and Kyrie and all those other, like, Shinsuke and then, no one else. They well, don't people, do that. People had, you know, people were in the uproar when they were named Kabuki Warriors. You know what I'm saying? I named like, them they chose. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what to say. But... <laughs> It's the the whole like kung fu thing. I'm like, bro, really? Do we have to do this? Like, really? Do, do we have to do this? I think it's personally like a very lowbrow kind of borderline offensive comedy. Uh, maybe more offensive. I have to ask uh, some of my Asian American friends if they find it offensive. But I thought it was very very lowbrow, and I also thought the entire segment itself was like, wow. Yeah, and they, they did about? it again. They did it again, but then it was only an ends to a means. I do think it might be over unless it's like non twenty four seven title things going on with it. But they finally announced that tag match. Uh, you got a rewrite of the the Orton Edge thing that was so Bruce that it made sense. But when you load out the show with a bunch of stars, and you finally had a breakup, you, you're 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 seeing a breakup of a lot of stuff that Paul has been doing for the past mm-hmm. year, and I yeah. think it's very clear this is going to be. Once again, a different show from what we saw three months ago and a different show from what we saw three months before that and a different show from what we saw a year before that. Yeah, I think in in, in three months we'll be talking about, I think leading into SummerSlam, maybe after SummerSlam, I'll say, I'll leave after SummerSlam as a gauge or maybe leading into SummerSlam, we'll see a m- much more different show than we well, see uh, three months ago. It was a lot, not too much in-ring stuff this week on Raw, so not really a lot of matches to speak of. I, I thought that the... I really think that pairing truth with, with Drew McIntyre was something that kind of that kind of gave him a little bit more character and showed that he might be scared of losing his title. And he is worried about that. And I thought that like like Paul made him into this unbreakable joke. Like he was like a Marvel Comics character mm-hmm. on, on, on Raw. And this week he was completely not that. And he was actually someone that is concerned about Bobby Lashley and is concerned about truth, but also concerned about losing all their titles. And he actually had a lot more stuff to do this week because of that. So I, I, I really fucked with it. Yeah, no, I thought it was a great angle and kind of something that we typically don't see. Now, personally, I don't know how Bobby Lashley, after losing two championship matches in 24 hours, kind of comes back from this, but we'll see how it goes. But you gotta I thought, go to the I thought, Yeah, I thought the angles were great. I thought a lot of all the build to it they did a lot on monday they did a lot on monday it it was like smackdown but with a whole nother hour and to flex with because they didn't use that many characters but they did a lot with a lot of angles a lot of things backstage i like the bobby lashley wants to divorce from lana thing i thought they were hanging that over our heads for way too long way too long too long way way too long (laughs) um and now we're gonna see possibly a natalia and lana uh, sort of thing. Uh, Giving her something to do. It seems as though they're keeping her, but didn't keep Rusev. And I know that'll make a lot of people upset, but there yeah. might be a lot of upside to her as as a manager in the women's division and just get her away from the dudes for a while and, and let her run around with the with the women. But I, I think that again, what I'd see from Raw, I do think we're gonna start getting rotating characters. So like, I do think that like, if we don't see Alistair one week, we'll see him next week, and we might not see KO one week because there's so many characters on this show. They need to get time and Bruce and the team rather have a, have their work cut out for them. But as far as a, a first show, it had, a, it had everything, you know, 
storyline wise that they had to like redo. And I, and I thought it was, it was pretty exceptional in that regard. But the big right. angle throughout this show was uh, Christian coming back, challenging or, or Randy Orton challenging him to an unsanctioned match. What did you feel about this through line? And, and again, so Bruce, right. To have a through line storyline. This felt like yeah. a 97, 98 raw. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it a hundred with you. No, no, no. I 100% agree with you. And it was interesting for one. I think, there's been a lot of talk in terms. I don't want to say there's been a lot of talk. No one cares about Christian but me. But you know, Christian on backstage would be like, "Yo, I'm formally retired. Like I'm done. I don't really have anything else to prove." And then he kind of comes back, and I'm now I'm kind of like looking at it. I was like, would they even allow him in the ring if he wasn't cleared to be there? <laughs> like he hasn't been cleared to wrestle in a long time because of concussion injuries. But would they even allow him in that spot to be taken? to receive any sort of physical damage if they didn't want him to be there. So I think this could be leading up to maybe a Christian return somewhere down the line against Randy Orton. No, Uh, they wrote his ass off again. He on backstage in the neck brace tonight. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. No, but I thought it was a great thing. I personally, I don't want too many Raws surrounded by Randy Orton. I think we're kind of past that in 2020. I think we... It's good for this one night because it kind of continues to establish like, yo, he's a killer. And maybe this is something that I think we're going to eventually get Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre. Because this is just a moment that like builds him up like, yo, he's unstoppable. Like who can stop him? And the only person who can kind of stand in his way is Drew McIntyre. Okay. Uh, Tinfoil hat. hat. If that's a SummerSlam match, that's I got a tinfoil hat. Uh, Okay. Because I do think they're going to get the belt off him, and I just think that it's not going to be. Uh, I think it's it's. I think it's going to be Drew for the for the remainder of the year. But I think they're going to. I do believe you. I, I the more I think about it, I think it's going to be Randy that gets the title in August. But yeah. um, and they maybe I, can even. I I think I he's going to get an evolution. I think he's going to get an evolution stable. Hmm. Interesting. And Ooh, I think. Randy? That, yeah, and I think he's going to get Dijak in it. Huh. All right, that's a, that's my tinfoil that's hat. Tinfoil, yeah, that's your tinfoil hat. Yeah, <laughs> that's my tinfoil hat. <laughs> a lot of rentals on that rap. Um, oh wow, kill me, kill me. Shabon uh, yeah, don't ask me out. Also, speaking of another tinfoil hat, another tinfoil hat. Uh, when the new day kneeled in the ring, they were they were they were kneeling for uh, the forgotten son's careers. Also, oof, because what. A, I'm a. I laugh every time that happens. They they gone. They did it to themselves. They had Riker. They should have reeled him in. Should have told him like, "Yo, this ain't the time." But is that tweet still up? up? Is that tweet still up? It probably is. I don't even know that man. I'm I'm not following that man. Uh, let's get rid of Riker. Let's get Ali back on the show. I like Ali. Ali about here, social justice warrior. My man. He he was a former cop speaking out against police brutality i love the it the tweet That's is still up you know. the tweet is still up it He's is like, still Yo, make up. Me delete it. <laughs> make me delete it. it even retweet it for over two like this department of state american flag jacking off shit like and he tweeted a bible verse 21 hours ago mm. so another 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 race well, is hiding you know you 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 another race is hiding another race is hiding behind religion bro uh they had um, we had questions about Oscar and Nia Jax finish at Backlash. We have maybe yeah. even more questions following Raw, where 
where Asuka can't eat, she pins Nia Jax, but it's in kind of a way that it's like a fast count. Yeah. And so it kind of leaves the door open for Nia Jax again. It's like, oh, why are we protecting Nia Jax? Because <sighs> you, you know what the match is. We know, we know what the match is. And let's just Charlotte. fucking get to it. And I swear to God, I, I'm really, I am praying for Bruce Pritchard to do the right thing in August with this. We know where it's going. I don't want to, I don't want to hear or see anything else. Give Oscar her fucking win back. Please. Yeah. Please. Make it make sense, Bruce. Um, like she's worked so hard for this reign. Don't I and usually I'm not a I'm not a Charlotte hater. But me Oscar neither. De- me Oscar, neither. Oscar deserves they, they're gonna have another banger, undoubtedly. It needs to be, and I think we even said it last week. Make it Iron Woman, make it two out of three. One of the two. Make it like the mm-hmm. greatest wrestling match ever and, and, and super pre-tape it. But let Oscar get her fucking win back, bro. That's all we want to see. That's all we want to see. Charlotte can get the belt back any fucking time. Just give her, just let Oscar have this. I'm begging you. And I'm saying this two months out. <laughs> That's how you know. Because yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't care to talk about Oscar uh, Nia Jax. Let's be clear. I don't care to talk about that feud. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. At all. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, do you, we want to talk anything about the Seth Rollins, Dominic thing? It was, it was a good, it was a good segment. I'll say that. It was good. I think I think Ray, as he's gotten older, this, did you see the um did you see the, the text oh, that yeah. he posted? The big text. The big, <laughs> big text. He's so old. Oh my god. I, I think Ray has gotten so good on the mic, and I never thought it'd be possible, but he's actually really good on the mic now. And him and Seth are are, are doing their thing, and, and I really I really like the pairing of the two. Um, but I think once again, they're getting to it. They're getting right to it. Like we know Ray's gonna be back next week. They're like like Heyman's been been like Everything he's been doing, bro, for the past month, keeping Ray off TV, having the Viking Raiders and the Street, street Profits playing bowling and shit like that. Like, he undid it in one episode. He's like, nope, bring your ass back to work. Nope, bring your ass back to work. Next week. Next week. Yeah, next week. Time. Um, next week, the Iconics will also receive a women's tag team title shot against Bailey and Sasha. I don't know how this match will go, considering they're two sets of heels, but I know that we personally, uh, Fancy, I guess, Sasha Banks and Bailey a lot more. So we'll see where they go with this. Will the Iconics ruin Bailey and Sasha's reign for the second time, or won't they? But that is once again happening next week <laughs> on yep. Raw. Get um, it over with. Get it over with. And you know what's going to be dope about Bruce doing both shows is the synergy that he can create with those titles and the synergy that he can create with the stories. So like, I'm I mean, going to give. Hope so because I hate Otis. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm Otis is a <laughs> And I hate Bray, and I hate everything. So it's like, I just hope he can only do right with this show. Well, the big thing that you're probably going to see is Otis on Raw. Probably. That's what I expected. Oh, my God. I expected that. Just off rip. Uh, I expected if, if The Miz and Morrison won the championship somehow, that Otis was coming in and to, and trash compacting both of them at the same time. So <laughs> that's what I expected because the Met, he loves that fat man. I tell you that. Um one yeah. one more thing, one more thing. Yeah. So there's been kind of rumors. Vince McMahon, he wants to start doing shows outside the PC. After he this week, no. Start, <laughs> he wants, he's he's trying with all his hearts. He's like, I do not want SummerSlam in this goddamn air-conditioned PC. I need it somewhere else. He's trying. Do you want, would, all right, how about this? If SummerSlam came to your city, 
Mm. And you had the opportunity to be six feet away from the two people you sitting next to. Would you go? Mm. <laughs> no, I would. I, well, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't because I'm I'm immune. I'm immunocompromised anyway. So I have asthma. So oh, like, yeah, I can't go. You're right. Yeah. I, I can't go to any. I'm in there like somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't do anything right now. So like anything with big crowds, I'm I'm not I'm not really rocking with it. So no, I can't. I'm I'm not gonna go. I would be in there like somewhere if SummerSlam came to Barclays once again. Be like, oh shit, Barclays open? It's not going to be open. But no, it's not. <laughs> it's be, you better go to Orlando, be in that bubble. Listen, they're they're going to put one show. They're going to put. They're going to move to Orlando and tell the NBA players to show up in the audience. You get a free ticket to SummerSlam if you guys show up. And when they're having the NBA Finals and like whatever fucking October at this point, I don't know, but. When they're having that, they'll be able to enjoy a WWE show. I'm. Yeah. Do I think it's possible? All things are possible based in on the arena. In the arena, well, they're they're testing it. Your local government. <laughs> they're testing it though. Like I didn't even notice that there was real fans at Backlash and real fans on Raw until like they you actually saw them. And well, they were friends and family. I heard they were friends and family. Okay. Well, so they weren't like it wasn't like they like all right let's get to but they're yes once again they're different people from. Shotzi Blackheart, like she, yeah, Shotzi they're wasn't there. Testing, they're definitely testing out the twenty percent theory, and if if all goes well for them today, no kayfabe, all shoot. Then I think that it's possible. But if if they get a if they get a more than ten positives, more than five positives, then I think no, hell no, it's not happening until they'll think yeah. about it. They'll reconvene on it in the winter. Honestly, yeah. Then you look at. Um, did you get to watch any of the New Japan stuff? Did the New Japan stuff? It was all tags the first night. I didn't see last night's show, but I'll have a review next week because I'm going to watch it tonight. Okay. Also next week, what we're going to do, it's going to be a very highly anticipated show considering if we'll see if there's still WWE programming after <laughs> this week. Um, we are going to do our top 10 list. We do this every year. Top 10 lists of the superstars that are really killing it you know, this year up to this point. So it's a halfway of the year list. We're going to count it down. Um, actually, we said we we're going to do outside of WWE this time, right? Yeah, we're going to do outside of WWE. Okay, so Should we? maybe actually, 10, no. It depends. Like, I really... I know people watch WWE, and that's why we tend to do WWE things. Like, our show is WWE-based, so, like, we could do stuff outside of WWE, but I would f- always fear people, like, oh, why is there and why that belong? And also, New Japan and <laughs> hasn't run for, like, four months anyway. Yeah, I, I think we should <laughs> just keep it to, well, I mean, it would have to be, like, a War Report A-show joint if we were to do it in both shows. And I don't watch Dynamite, so... You sure don't. Uh, I only watch it once per month, so <laughs> or whenever they have pay-per-views or something along those lines. So uh, we can see. But, okay, we're going to do a top ten list, just WWE, you guys, over the last number of months. We're going to do the list. We're going to present it to you guys next week. We're going to talk about it. We're going to debate it. Both of us are coming up with one list. So there's only going to be one list. So, again, we have to argue about whatever, who's going what on where list and how they're going where. Yeah. But both of us are collectively doing one list. There will be other lists. We're going to reach out to people that we love and appreciate and people who are, you know, 
some of these people were fans of the show. Some of the people that we've known for a number of years are going to reach out for them for their list. So it's kind of like an educated kind of a survey sample that we're getting here. So we're going to reach out to a couple people. This will be invite only. Don't mm-hmm. ask us. We ask you. The real VIP Yeah. <laughs> so we'll ask you for your opinion on this list. We'll send it out. Get that. And, you know, we'll have a lot of data to pull from on this entire thing. So, yeah, look out for next week on the A Show. Absolutely. And until next week, follow us at RNC Radio Live. Actually, it's good if we do have a list because there might not be any wrestling next week. But um, that's what I said. I'm just I'm just validating your thoughts, even though I don't I don't agree with them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, So until next week, we will let you guys go now. Please be safe. Please wash your hands. Don't be like WWE uh, and, you know, stay out of trouble. And of course, as always, we'll be back next week on the A-Show. All right. Black Lives Matter, guys. See you.